Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. I'm Brandon Russell, online writer here at IFA Magazine, and joining me on the podcast this week is our editor, Sue Whitbread. Hi, everyone. Uh, Sue here. Back in August on IFA Talk, Brandon and I had a really great chat with two guests, both from Morningstar, and they are Samantha Lamas, who is Senior Behavioural Researcher, and Danielle Lobotka, who's Behavioural Scientist. It was one of our most popular podcasts that we've recorded so far, you might even remember it, and it was that good that we've invited Samantha and Danielle back for round two. Uh, both Samantha and Daniela are based over in the States, and it's really about research that we're going to be talking with today, uh, about the motivations which lie behind investors' decisions to actually hire their advisor. In the previous podcast, we talked about their decisions to fire an advisor. Uh, so Samantha, Danielle, welcome back to IFA Talk. It's really great to talk to you again. Thank you for having us back. Yeah, we're excited. Oh, can I ask you then, Samantha, to just start by introducing yourselves to our listeners in case they missed our previous conversation, a little bit about what you do at Morningstar and, and vice versa for Danielle as well. Yeah, sure. So as, as you mentioned, my name is Samantha Lamas. I'm a senior behavior researcher at Morningstar. So at Morningstar on the Behavior Insights team, we try to better understand investors so how do they make financial decisions? What are they struggling with? How can we help them do better? And specifically looking at the advisor-client relationship and how we can help advisors help investors do better. Yeah, so a lot of our work comes out in, in white papers, um, website articles. We try to communicate our insights to advisors as much as possible. Yes, and I'm Danielle Labatka. I'm a behavioral scientist at Morningstar. So before coming to Morningstar, I, I did my PhD in psychology at the University of Michigan. And I think uh, to springboard off of what Sam said, one of the great things that we do in our team at Morningstar is we do a lot of original research where we bring our expertise in behavioral finance to create studies that help us better understand how investors behave and how advisors behave, and hopefully through those insights, allow people to have better financial outcomes. Sounds perfect. So like Sue said, uh, great to follow up on this. We had a great response to our last conversation about why investors uh, fire a financial advisor. Uh, today, we're talking about clients' decisions about hiring advisors. Danielle, can you briefly explain how the designs differed and maybe touch on how the results differed as well? Yeah. So obviously one of the big differences between the two research projects is the question that we asked. Instead of asking why people fired their advisor, we asked them this time what reasons they have for hiring their advisors. So we actually have more participants in this study since more people have experience hiring an advisor than firing one. Um, but like with the firing research, investors gave us open-ended responses, which allowed for people to communicate their thoughts in their own words. And given that they can share their thoughts anonymously, participants can also feel more free to be open and honest with what they tell us. Uh, there's this effect called the social desirability bias, which basically just means that we often feel compelled to act in a way that we think people want us to, but being anonymous can help dampen the effect of this bias when people are talking to us. 
So as with the firing research, we recoded their responses into a number of different categories. These categories were largely the same, which gives us the chance to compare more directly what drives people's firing decisions to what drives their hiring decisions. But there were a few different categories and some different phrases between the two studies to capture some of the inherent differences in the hiring and firing process. So for example, in the fire research, some people said that they were really just seeking one-off advice and that's why they stopped working with the advisor. And that obviously wasn't as applicable here. Overall though, the big difference between the two studies is the findings. Whereas we found a majority of investors reported financial reasons for firing their advisor, the majority of investors in this study reported emotional reasons for hiring their advisor. Samantha, that's quite an interesting angle, isn't it? Can we follow up on that? Danielle just mentioned that more emotional factors come to the surface here. I wonder if you could explain that a little bit more and go into it in, in a little bit more detail, perhaps? Yeah, for sure. So as Danielle alluded to, four out of the five top reasons people hire their financial advisor were actually emotion-based factors. So the top five were one, comfort handling financial issues. So people hired their financial advisor because they wanted help navigating the confusing financial industry. They wanted to feel more secure with their decisions. So that was 32% of responses. Um, number two was specific financial needs. So kind of what you would assume from people hiring an advisor, they mentioned things like retirement, income management, annuities. Uh, so that one is very financial based. Number three, which is 17% was behavioral coaching. So people specifically mentioned they wanted someone to help them during volatility, right? They wanted a sane voice. They wanted someone to help them stay on track because maybe they lack the discipline by themselves. Uh, number four was they were recommended by family or friends. And number five were responses that specifically called out the quality of relationship. So they had an advisor that they felt was a good fit. They felt understood when they were talking to them. So yes, specific financial needs, so things like retirement, annuities, et cetera, it is among the top five, but it's definitely not the only or the most prominent reason as to why people are hiring their financial advisor. And this is actually something we were pretty surprised about. We thought that financial factors were going to dominate the narrative here. And that's mostly because that's what you always hear in the industry, that people are hiring an advisor because they're about to retire, et cetera, X, Y, or Z, but all financial factors. But what came out here was actually very emotionally driven factors. And this could be the result of what Danielle alluded to. So the actual interface just allowed people to sort of uncover those emotional needs. Instead of talking to an advisor face-to-face, -face, they were just typing into a open text box, right? And, and they weren't trying to save face with the advisor or stranger that's sitting in front of them, yeah, which we were really surprised about. So complete opposite of why people fired their financial advisor. I would have thought exactly the same as you, I must confess. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Yeah, so a clear theme is that people obviously want emotional support, but they're possibly reluctant to admit it. How can advisors navigate this landmine when they're working with clients? I think this is a good time for advisors to recognize that they can tell clients what they need to hear without the client having to articulate their need in the first place. So the fact is that our research indicates that three in five of the clients sitting across from you at your desk 
will have an emotional reason for being there, even if they don't directly tell you that. So don't be afraid to bring it up in your early conversations, but we don't encourage you to do this in like an accusatory way um, and tell them that this is something that they're feeling. For instance, you might couch it in terms of your own experience working with other investors and say something like, you know, a lot of my clients have told me they appreciate working with me because it has helped them stop worrying about their investment decisions and given them peace of mind. So some of our previous research shows that how you say it can really matter for investors. For example, we saw in this study that one of the most common reasons for hiring a financial advisor was that feeling a need for behavioral coaching. But in previous work that we've done, we've found mm -hmm. that people don't necessarily like that wording per se and prefer to hear it framed as something like, you know, helps me avoid common behavioral mistakes. So at the end of the day, I think it's important to recognize that people want to feel good, not just about their financial future, but also themselves, right? And talking about their emotions can leave people feeling very vulnerable, so they might avoid it altogether. However, as an advisor, you have the opportunity to broach the topic for them and let them know that you provide support they want without them even needing to ask for it. That's good to have some practical tips there too. Thank you, Danielle. Things that people that are listening to us today can actually take away and use. And I'd like to just follow along with you perhaps on that, Samantha, and wonder if there are any more practical ideas that you can come up with about what can advisors do to actually put these insights from the research into practice uh, to ensure really that they're not missing a trick or two when it comes to client acquisition and client retention. Yeah, and, and, and we recognize that this is hard to do in conversation, to have all of these thoughts in your mind as you're trying to have you know, those initial conversations with a prospective client. So one of the things we recommend is maybe trying out some of these principles in your online or paper communications with, with a client, um, maybe even your online website. So in the full paper, and we have this exercise that we call the value prop makeover. And in this exercise, we give tips as to how advisors can incorporate those top three reasons people hire their financial advisor. So as a reminder, it's discomfort handling financial issues, uh, specific financial needs, and behavioral coaching. So in the exercise, we basically create a fictitious value prop that we kind of created after reading through numerous advisor websites. Uh, so it's not any one person's value prop. It's kind of this accumulation that, that we created, this monstrosity. But um, still, it sounds pretty much what, like what you would read on an advisor's website. And we go through these three steps of incorporating these top reasons as to why an advisor is hired. So I can quickly talk through these three tips, but they all revolve around incorporating those top three reasons. So number one is about identifying the ways in which you address these things in your practice. So the reality is advisors are already doing a lot of these things. That's why clients are happy, right? You're already addressing behavior coaching. You're already helping them sleep better at night, giving them peace of mind. So it's about writing them down so that you can start incorporating them into your communication, into your, um, your dialogue with the client. So step one is about writing all the ways in which you do these things for your client. And step two is about massaging the wording and then inserting them into a paragraph. So the reason why massaging the wording is so necessary is what Danielle just alluded to. No one really likes hearing that they need emotional support or they need help managing their emotions. So we give some tips based on our previous research on how to talk about behavioral coaching, how to talk about 
um, specific financial needs even. So it's not just about addressing that they need retirement help, right? It's about addressing their need for retirement help, but then connecting it back to their financial goals. So many people are so focused on retirement that they forget what they're working retirement for. And that's when you get into these deeper conversations with the client and you start to better understand who they are as a person, their motivations, um, and maybe what other assistance they can need along with the relationship with you. So then it's about inserting that refined language into a one to two paragraph value prop, prop. And our third tip is about making sure your points are clear. So even just going through your draft value prop and highlighting the areas of which you're addressing these top three concepts, and then taking a good hard look at whatever isn't highlighted. And this is where the phrase kill your darlings really comes into play because you have to be very critical of every word or even an entire sentence. Like, does the client need to know this at this first touch point of talking to you? Uh, when they barely know you, do they, do they have to know that you have 20 years of, of experience, right? Or do they just have to know that you can help them um, sleep better at night or, or make those decisions that they've been pushing off and really have to make because they've been on their to-do list for months, for example. Mm -hmm. And as we go, we do go through that fictitious value prop example where we're starting with a completely fine value prop, but it's missing a lot of points. Then we incorporate these top three reasons. Then we cut out a bunch of the excess. So we try to make it as visual and, and um, give as many examples as possible. Sounds great, Samantha. And that conversation has sped by super quickly today, I have to say. I can only say to our listeners today to, to, to read the research for yourselves. I'd strongly recommend it. The link is in the show notes. Um, let's face it, you spend so much time actually getting to talk to a prospect that the last thing you want to do is to blow it just at the time when you are at your at that, that pinnacle of success almost. You want to get it right first time and getting a little bit of help from the research, I'm sure you will find revealing. So please do that. Uh, that remains for me to just say a big thank you again to Danielle and to Samantha for joining us today. It's been really interesting to hear what you've done. We love your research. Um, keep on doing what you're doing, please. Yeah, thanks for having us on. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.